Hi, Mac from MaxList here. Today's episode is brought to you by JobScan, the online tool that optimizes your resume and boosts your chances of landing an interview. JobScan also offers a 10% discount to our listeners. To learn more, visit jobscan.co slash dreamjob. Now, let's start the show. This is Find Your Dream Job, the podcast that helps you get hired, have the career you want, and make a difference in life. I'm your host, Mac Pritchard. I'm also the founder of MaxList. It's a job board in the Pacific Northwest that helps professionals find fulfilling careers. I believe that lifelong learning is the key to a successful career. And to get a better job, you need to learn the job hunting skills that will help you find the role of your dreams. That's why we're here today. Every week on Find Your Dream Job, I interview a different career expert. We discuss the tools and tactics you need to find the work you want. This week, I'm talking to Karen Wickery about why you need to network when you don't need help. Karen Wickery is an expert in networking. The former editorial director at Twitter, Karen has been called the most connected woman in Silicon Valley. She says it's more important than ever to connect with others. We change jobs quicker, we switch cities more often, and we stay in our careers longer. The most successful connectors, says Karen, nurture networks when they don't need help. They default to yes when others ask for something, and they pay attention to so-called weak ties that can lead to unexpected introductions and new ideas. Want to learn more? Listen in now at the MaxList studio as I interview Karen Wickery about why you need to network when you don't need help. A longtime communicator and connector, Karen Wickery has spent more than 30 years in Silicon Valley as an editor and collaborator. Her new book, Taking the Work Out of Networking, An Introvert's Guide to Connections Account, reflects her lifelong interest in making meaningful connections. An avid media consumer, Karen also serves on the board of several organizations supporting journalism and news literacy. She joins us today from San Francisco in California. Karen, thanks for being on the show. Hey, Mac. It's so nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, it's nice to have you. And I this is one of my favorite job uh, search and career topics, networking. And, uh, and I, I, you know, why, of course, we're talking today about why you need to network when you don't need help. Uh, often, Karen, when people start a new job, they stop networking. Why, why is that a mistake? Yeah, uh, you're quite right. People do because they think, well, I'm, I'm good now. I have the job. I wanted to have. And so, uh, I'm, you know, I'm digging in where I'm working. Uh, that's fine in the moment, <laughs> but we all know, I think that, uh, jobs don't tend to, uh, last forever. People don't work at one for one employer for their career lifetime. Those days are long gone. And, uh, you know, change comes to all of us and sometimes we want to make change. So the idea that um, you would continue to have informal 
contact, what I sometimes call loose, keep in loose touch with people uh, for all kinds of uh, related interests to your, to your job and your career is, is more important than ever because we, are, we all experience uh, change and, and job fluidity really throughout our lifetimes. And by the way, you know, networking isn't just about jobs. It's also for, uh, you know, other kinds of resources and leads and introductions you might want for all kinds of things, whether it's for conferences or uh, traveling abroad or, uh, you know, moving to another city. You know, many, many things require the help of people you might not currently know in order to have kind of better, smarter information for yourself. That's really what uh, I think good networking is all about. Let's talk about your definition of networking, because many of our listeners, I think, when they think about networking, they think about uh, uh, some social mixer where somebody's going around the room collecting cards, and that's (laughs) about as far as it goes. How do you define uh, networking, Karen? Well, really, uh, you know, it is the subtitle of my book is, I think, how I'd like to define it, which is making connections that count. Uh, And maybe another way to think about networking is don't think of it as uh, a verb. Think of it as network is the noun, right? You have a network. But when we're, I I think that what you describe with the, the room and the business cards is exactly what people dislike about it because it seems forced, it seems inauthentic, it seems you might be in a panic because you have to find a job for whatever reason quickly. And so you're kind of under the gun there and talking to strangers who may or may not be, be useful to you. Whereas if you kind of build the muscle of making of connecting with people who you genuinely like and have some rapport with, uh, they become part of your brain trust. And that is the way I prefer to think about networking is like, who can I tap in my brain trust to help me with this particular question? So what does that look like in practical terms? Uh, because if you're not going to that function room at the airport uh, hotel, <laughs> what what are you doing on, on a regular basis, Karen? Well, a couple things. I'm a big fan of one-to-one, you know, coffee dates or uh, breakfast or, you know, um, like an afternoon coffee, as I say, something like that, where you can actually genuinely meet someone even for 30 or 45 minutes and, and have a bit of a conversation. Of course, that can go on longer if, if it's good. You're doing that uh, with some context and some basis. If it's someone you don't know, you've been introduced or you've reached out and they've agreed to meet you, but there's some reason you're meeting. It's not just general networking. It's because they have the kind of job you want or they work at the company you're interested in or uh, vice versa. And so there's context for that sort of one-to-one meeting uh, that can be very valuable. Even, by the way, to learn that maybe you wouldn't want to work at that company or you know, you're not so interested in, in uh, that, that kind of role that you thought you were. But uh, online, in addition, um, I talk a lot about this in the book, it's never been easier to connect with people online and also then keep in touch with people online so that you do feel connected. And in some cases, you may never have met in person. It's great when you can, but there are times that uh, you can't, geography uh, interferes. And so um, to be in touch online requires a little bit of a regular habit of 
sending out a note, sending out a message saying, thinking of you, what's going on, let's catch up. Sometimes that's a virtual, becomes a virtual coffee date. And sometimes it's an email exchange. So it's a mix of those things in person, uh, online, uh, where you're one-to-one with somebody about specific, uh, you know, things you're looking for or questions you have, uh, and and they're doing the same with you. And how do you make these choices, Karen? Uh, Because we only have so many hours in the day, and we've got a job, family, interests outside of work. Uh, And if you're going to be doing this, these, these meetings or making these connections online, how do you choose who you do this with? It, that's, a, that's a great question. And I would say the first thing is you're not networking with everybody all the time. You're not making connections with everybody for all reasons all the time. There's probably something that's driving a particular need. And if we just keep it to jobs or career advice, Uh, that's going to be a relatively small number of people that either you may know or you'd like to know based on what you see on their profile or someone that you share in common. It's, it's, it's a handful of people maybe uh, that you're interested in. They're in the same industry or what would like to be where you're just reaching out intermittently and not every day. You're not, I'm not for (laughs) filling your schedule with coffee dates these things are kind of at your convenience. If there is a deadline about a particular thing, um, that should be established between the two people so that uh, you can make time. But hopefully, if you're doing this sort of consistently, you're, it, uh, there are not that many you know, urgent deadlines that come up. And it's more about having the conversation, getting the lead, having someone say, I'm not the right person, but let me introduce you to so-and-so, and then a follow-up. It's, it, it's basically an ongoing kind of rolling process. So it, it should not be full time. It is not uh, all day, every day. And you're really pursuing uh, maybe one or two interests or questions or problems uh, that you need at a time. Well, so that's what you ask people for uh, help with, Karen, when you're reaching out to your network. What, and it's not all about taking, though, is it? It's also... Good networkers also give, don't they? Absolutely. That that's part of the point of this kind of rolling process I was mentioning is that you know we all have needs or questions or would like an introduction uh, sometime or other. But you know sometimes we we don't want to just be takers. We also in sort of an ecosystem of people connecting. Uh, sometimes you're the one asked for your help, your advice. Uh, the lead you have to uh, somebody or other. And so uh, generally I would encourage people to kind of default to yes on, on agreeing to meet or help or, you know, talk to someone who's looking for information. Um, it, again, it doesn't require you to fill all your time. People are generally pretty efficient with here's the, here's the connection I need. Um, a, a small example, if I may, just yesterday, I got email from a friend of mine in Australia, and she wrote and said, do you know anyone uh, who's a social media uh, consulting business, a small you know, firm, for doing some contract work for my friend at a company? And I said, yes, I do. Here's information on that person. Do you want to meet him, or do you want me to meet your friend, or how do you want to do it? So she writes back, 
since it's Australian time, a little, you know, off of my clock today and says, uh, here's the introduction. Meanwhile, I've written to my friend a quick email to say, you might hear from somebody from this company. I don't know, but, you know, here's the, here's what they're looking for. She writes back and says, great. Then I get the email saying, let me introduce you to, I quickly write my email to my friend and hand her off and say, here, here are the two of you who need to be talking. Enjoy. So, you know, all told, that probably took 10 minutes of my time over, you know, 36 hours. And that connection was made. The person who, you know, who had the question now has someone to talk to about an answer. I don't know if that's the right solution, but, you know, then I know my friend will refer her on if it's not. So that's kind of the way, ideally, you see this kind of information, like, you know, intake and outflow uh, going. Well, that's how it works. I, I know you're a big fan of nurturing networks. And I want to talk more to Karen about the benefits of doing what you just described. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, and when we come back, uh, Karen Wickery will share more of her advice about why you need to network when you don't need help. Did you know that many employers use a machine to screen job applications? It's called an application tracking system, or ATS. If you want your resume to get past the ATS, you need to use the right keywords. Otherwise, you'll never make the cut, even if you're the perfect fit. JobScan has an online tool that can help. It finds and recommends language you can use in your resume and cover letter to get past the machines and in front of hiring managers. JobScan offers a 10% discount to our listeners. To get it, go to jobscan.co slash dreamjob. Again, that's jobscan.co slash dreamjob. We're back in the MaxList studio. I'm talking with Karen Wickery. She's an expert in networking, and Karen is also the author of the new book, Taking the Work Out of Networking, An Introvert's Guide to Connections That Count. And she joins us today from San Francisco in California. Now, Karen, before the break, you told a great story about how you connected two people, and it took you about 10 minutes to do that. One person was in the United States, the other in Australia. And what do you think will happen then? What are the kinds of benefits that result from making those kinds of connections, not only to the two parties you introduce, but to someone like yourself um, who makes that introduction, how can that help in a career? I think, well, for the, for the two people first, that was a, a, you know, a specific question for uh, hired help. Right. And so my friend uh, is, is help for hire. So I hope that's a direct connection that leads to uh, a joint project for, for the two of them. Even if it didn't, uh, it could be that they, they, because they're now connected, uh, there might be future work. Uh, it might be that, uh, you know, something different comes out of it that is not immediate, but nonetheless, they now have that connection to pursue. For me, I, frankly, I love people not going away empty handed. I love to be able to say, you know, I don't know the answer to this, but here's someone who might, or here's an article I just read about this that might. That, that's a personal satisfaction for me. And I think 
it, it's just something I have the impulse to do, but I, I do think that, as I say, the default to yes for, you know, being able to help people in the moment, uh, however briefly, is um, beneficial in this sort of greater sense of kind of giving and getting and maybe a little bit paying it forward is, is one way of thinking about it too, if you like, where, uh, you know, we, we are all here to, uh, you know, kind of help each other along. And I also believe that, you know, no, there's no one person typically who has the answer for you to your specific question. It's more like you're putting together a jigsaw puzzle or something like that, where it's like you're piecing together the information that you need that is going to suit you. And so when you have these sort of touch points of these brief conversations and exchanges, they help you, you know, along your way. And I think uh, that that's something that I think people working inside companies need to cultivate themselves for, you know, their own internal network. I think it's something that it just helps us all in the sense of, you know, we're, we're here to, you know, kind of enrich and enlarge each other if we have useful information. That's just kind of my viewpoint. I don't think I'm alone in that. I hope I'm not. I, I don't think you are. I, I, I agree with your advice. And certainly not only in my own career, but among my peers and the people I know in my field, the folks who, who do what you just described enjoy a lot of success. Um, that's not why they do it uh, because many of them like you love to be of help to others, but those who do provide that kind of service I've found uh, also enjoy professional success along the way too. Yeah, I think that's right. And I also think in relation to sort of the nature of work today, um, as, as I said before, you know, nobody has uh, a job for life anymore. Very, very few people. So uh, the idea that, you know, you're, uh, we're all competitive in our own silos and we can't talk to anybody else, uh, you know, because that's somehow uh, affects the competition. I mean, that's just, I think, an old idea. I mean, I think now people uh, want to be helpful where they can, even among competitors. And this is something I've learned in my years in Silicon Valley. There's a great spirit here of um, helping one another on a personal level, even as you are keeping trade secrets and, uh, you know, not sharing competitive information, but saying, you know, I, I can help you with this and I, uh, I I can't help you with that, but here's someone who can. I mean, to me, it, it does, it, it's an absolute benefit to one's professional life and, and standing today where perhaps it didn't have as much emphasis in the past. Now I think it's vital to have. And I'm, I'm curious, Karen, what have you seen in your career with the people who don't practice these habits? What, what kind of success do they enjoy? Who, people who well, aren't in Well, I mean, this networks. is uh, maybe, this isn't scientific, but I mean, just in my own observation that, you know, they live in a smaller universe and they're not as well informed about what's going on in the world if they're, if they're extremely competitive and kind of secretive about their work and their organization uh, and their information. Um, it, it's a world where information flows and people learn from each other and uh, take ideas from each other even uh, to some degree that when you don't have that, 
I, I just see a smaller and more limited world that is, is not beneficial uh, to that person, especially, frankly, if they're a leader. And what would you say to people who are listening who, who think, well, that sounds good, but I don't have a lot to offer uh, or I, I don't have a network? You know, I, I had this question recently. I was talking to a group of graduate students here in a journalism program. And one young woman said to me, she said, I don't have anything to give. If I'm asking someone for the favor of their time, I don't have anything to give because I'm, you know, young and inexperienced. And, and I said, you know, you bring your questions. That's, that's actually your gift uh, that, that you're, you're the one who's curious and wanting to learn. And that's helpful to the other person to see your perspective and, and so on. You do have something. You may have ideas for that person. Uh, so I would say there's always there's always some exchange, even if it's personal, even if you both find out you're rooting for the same sports team. <laughs> there's there's something in the personal exchange that is of value that you should never decide. I, I don't I don't have enough to bring to the party. But uh, you know, in addition, I'd say that um, you know, for for anyone who is saying I, I don't have a network, you actually do know more people than you think you know. And that's because you have you do work with people now, you have worked with people in the past, you have maybe classmates, you have um, former clients, if you were in that kind of business, uh, former vendors or contractors or consultants you've worked with. There's a, there's a broader category of people who could be in your network than it's not the same as friends and family, right? It's a broader group. That includes people we might call your weak ties. And these are sometimes the very people who can, when you do connect with them and talk to them, they say, well, why didn't you say so? I know someone who does that. I'm happy to introduce you. But you won't know that until you've had that conversation. And so uh, thinking about a broader meaning for, for network perhaps is a good way to start. And then maybe even listing Here's people I know that I'm that I'm comfortable reaching out to. Tell us more about weak ties. What are weak ties, Karen, and why are they so important in both professional and personal networks? Um, well, the, the the phrase weak ties came um, a number of years ago, about forty years ago, from a sociologist who was doing a study specifically about people looking for jobs, and what he found is that. People's weak ties, uh, similar to the ones I've just described, people you don't, you aren't in touch with, don't feel as directly connected to, maybe haven't seen in e even years, are sometimes the ones who are the most helpful at helping you find your next position. And he did a controlled study with people in relationships, uh, you know, to this end uh, for a, a now a very well cited paper on about weak ties. I think the principle still holds, and I think it is, again, broader than just for jobs. So, for example, it may be that when you say, you know what, I'd, I'd like to learn more about being on a board. I'd like to be on a nonprofit board or, for, or even a for-profit board. Well, it could be that you might not know in your immediate circle someone who knows, but if you kind of put that out there and you have, say, in your conversations or on perhaps your LinkedIn summary, I'm interested in this. When you mention it uh, to people, someone may say, oh, you know what, my brother-in-law 
uh, is on a board or he's a nonprofit board consultant who specializes in this, or uh, I know someone who, you know, just got onto a board. And so that's who you should talk to. It's not something that you were having a, you know, conversation with a friend about. It's, it's something that came up because you kind of put the stated need out there or someone saw that and said, oh, I'd like to help with that. Well, I, I want to close by asking, what are the daily networking habits that you recommend people follow? Well, I'm, I may be a little anomalous in this. I do. <laughs> you did write a book about it. <laughs> I'm online a lot and I read a lot and uh, I like passing things on a lot, right? I like, you know, sharing information a lot. So, but I would say just as a general habit, um, when I, for example, warm up in the morning, let's say I'm facing the screen and the inbox, um, as I'm reading through, you know, newsletters or, you know, uh, the morning's news, which I often will scan Twitter for, for example, I will see something or other that makes me think of someone, um, you know, first and foremost. And I'll, I'll, I will immediately send that off to someone, either email, maybe Facebook Messenger, maybe Twitter direct message, uh, or, or, you know, if, if, if a LinkedIn message, whatever's the sort of channel of choice that I know with that person, um, just to say, dying to know what you thought, what you think of this story, or what did you make of today's news? Uh, let's catch up soon. That does not require an answer. Uh, it might, I might get one, nice, but it's, it's a way that I just sort of, I might set, do that kind of thing to maybe... I don't know, eight or 10 people just off the top of my head. Um, more specifically, if I have interest, I keep sort of a running list of who do I need to either make an introduction for or ask a specific question to. Let me fire off those notes right away just so they're off of my desk, so to speak, and, and onto someone else's to answer when it's convenient. And that's just like part of my morning to-dos, I think. Um, they don't have to be morning, can be, you know, end of day or something else, but it's, it's just people are on my mind, the questions are on my mind, the tasks are on my mind. So I just uh, send them out there for uh, eventual response. And that, that's, that's my routine. All right. Well, that's terrific. Uh, I actually follow a similar routine. I don't hit as, uh, reach as many people as you, but I certainly have found that just connecting with people on a regular basis pays all kinds of dividends, not only for an individual in their career, but just for the community as a whole. It makes uh, the places where we live and work better and stronger. We, we, we see eye to eye on this, Mac. <laughs> yeah, I think we do. <laughs> well, Karen, tell our listeners, what's next for you? Um, I'm continuing to talk about my book and, and um, it's interesting in talking to companies about it. They sometimes are inviting me in to, to meet with teams and talk to them. I'm, I've gotten very interested in how uh, people, employees within companies also do their networking because it's equally valuable uh, for, for them too. So anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm focusing a little more on that. I may do some extra writing about that in addition to continuing to talk about uh, the book and making connections that count. We might have to bring you back uh, if that leads to another book to have you talk about that topic too, because that's, okay. that's fascinating. <laughs> Uh, Karen, I know people can learn more about your book by visiting your website. 
And that URL is karenwickery.com. We'll be sure to include a link to both to your book and your website in the show notes and the website article for this show. Karen, thanks for being on the show today. Oh, thank you so much, Mac. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Take care. As I mentioned at the start of the interview, networking is one of my favorite topics. So it was a lot of fun for me to talk with Karen about that. And I hope it was useful for you as well. I especially liked her suggestion about daily networking habits. Because when you think about networking in the abstract, it can be overwhelming. And she laid out you know, a reasonable uh, approach that could take 5, 10, 20, 30 minutes, depending on your schedule. And so you can expand it or uh, shrink it. Uh, and I, I liked her idea of connecting with a certain number of people every day. If you're going to do that, you will see dividends down the line, just as you do when you invest in a daily practice of exercise or, or uh, healthy eating. Uh, before you make that kind of investment in online networking, however, make sure your online house is in order. We've got a course that can help. It's called How to Wow and Woo Employers Online. It's three short video lessons, and it will help you put your best foot forward online. You can get your copy today. Go to maxlist.org slash wow. Again, that's maxlist.org slash wow. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Find Your Dream Job, and please join us next Wednesday. Our guest expert will be Dalen Vanterpool. He'll explain how to choose the right career for you. Until next time, thanks for letting us help you find your dream job.